Tatiana Jovanovic, the founder of the Humanitarian Changemakers Network. Welcome to Changemaker Q&A, where we answer questions from young Aussies about social change to better equip and empower you to change the world. If you have a question about making change happen, just head to the link in the episode description to leave us an audio or a written question, or head to humanitarianchangemakers.net forward slash podcast. No question is too big or too small. We can help you with anything from breaking into the social change sector, questions about specific topics or issues you don't quite understand, or advice on how you can best take action to make a difference in the world. Now, on to today's question. Welcome back to Changemaker Q&A. Now, today's question comes from Danielle, who asked... I want to get a job in the humanitarian sector, but I don't really know much about it. What do I need to know about the sector before I try and break in? Now, thank you so much for your question, Danielle. And this is a really great question for anybody who's maybe considering a career in the humanitarian sector or in international development or somebody who's looking at getting involved in a community development project or initiative to implement change for people in an affected community or people with lived experience. So an understanding of the humanitarian sector will definitely help you. Now, if we think back to our framework for social change, our framework that helps us understand the different types of social change, humanitarianism and community or international development work tends to fall under that bottom left part of our quadrant, which is informal systemic change. So what this looks like is when we have projects and initiatives that are working to improve the conditions for people and communities around the world who are affected by a specific issue. So the way we achieve this, uh, because conditions for affected groups don't always change just because we have changes in legislation or policy. So we need initiatives that might be led by businesses or civil society groups and organizations or even governments that will implement humanitarian or development projects and enforce changes in the practices and conditions for those people who are affected by the issue at large. So people like you can work with businesses, organizations or governments to implement humanitarian or development projects and initiatives that enforce changes in these practices and conditions for people facing different issues. Uh, But before you get involved with this, whether it be through paid work or unpaid work, it really helps to have a bit of an understanding of what the humanitarian sector is and just how it works. So if you imagine the humanitarian sector, it's kind of made up of three main subsectors. These three subsectors all have really similar goals, like promoting the sustainable development goals and promoting human rights. Uh, and as time progresses, these three subsectors tend to overlap more and more, but they are kind of still their own subsectors because they work in very different ways. So we'll start with the humanitarian subsector. The humanitarian subsector or the humanitarian industry, you might know it as the humanitarian aid industry, is essentially the part of the humanitarian sector that responds to disasters and emergencies. So there are various stages of emergency response. There's the initial response right after an emergency strikes. Then there is a period of relief where people are provided with food, shelter and sanitation. Rehabilitation, which is where basic services are restored. Reconstruction, where a restoration of full services occurs. And then it goes into mitigation, which is where experts will assess risks and prevent future emergencies. And preparedness, 
which is where people prepare and plan for any future emergencies so that they don't get as hard hit next time. So that's what the work of people in the humanitarian subsector does. And all of this stuff can kind of happen across a timeline of hours, days or weeks, depending on the emergency. Um, but for a pretty serious emergency, this whole process typically lasts for about one to three years. So that's one to three years from when the emergency strikes all the way up until they begin to mitigate and prepare for future disasters. So the next subsector within the humanitarian sector is the international development or community development subsector. And people who are working in this space essentially have two jobs. There are those with the job of directly enhancing human abilities and then those with the job of creating the ideal environment for development. So if we break both of these jobs down, people whose job it is to directly enhance human abilities might be people who have a job that involves them allowing people to live a healthy and long life. So people working in healthcare or public health. There are those who have to equip people with necessary knowledge and skills to directly enhance their abilities. So these might be people working in the education space. Then there are those who provide people with a decent standard of living. So that could range from anything like urban planning to people who are trying to eradicate people out of poverty and empower them to work and lift themselves out of poverty. Then we have those who create ideal environments for development. So these are people whose jobs um, it is to ensure that people in the community they are working in have the ability to participate in political and community life. So they actually have the rights and the ability to make decisions that affect them and their own lives and their families' lives. It also uh, is about ensuring environmental sustainability. Uh, things like the promotion of human rights, peace and security, and of course the reduction of any systems that might um, result in inequality. So their job is to really work at um, creative ways to reduce inequality. So there's people who directly enhance human abilities and people who create the ideal environment for development to occur. That's basically the two main roles that people who work in the international development or community development sector have. Um, but of course, most of the time, one person or one organization won't be doing both of these things. This industry is very niched and so people who are working in this industry will just be focusing on one specific way that they can do one of those things. So one specific way that they can use their skills and resources to directly enhance human abilities or one specific way that they can use their skills and resources to create the ideal environment for development to occur. And that is our second subsector of the humanitarian sector, the international development or community development subsector. Thirdly, we have the stabilization subsector. Now, this one is um, a little different, and in essence, it's kind of a combination of both humanitarian and international development work. And the stabilization subsector is really about protecting and promoting legitimate political authority. So, unlike humanitarian or international development workers, whose job it is to promote values like impartiality, neutrality, and independence. 
The stabilization subsector uses an approach in situations of violent conflict or post-conflict environments where they might combine civilian and military actions. And the goal of the stabilization subsector is really to reduce violence, to reestablish security and build an enabling environment that will promote structural stability. So those are the three subsectors of the humanitarian sector. We have the humanitarian subsector, the international development subsector, and the stabilization subsector. Now, if you're going to be working with an actor in the humanitarian space, um, it's important to be able to distinguish between the different sectors that work in this space. So the three main sectors within society, the public sector, private sector, and civil society sector, all play really important roles in the humanitarian space. So to give you an idea of the actors in each of these sectors, I will go over some examples for each. So beginning with the public sector, people who are actors within the humanitarian space can come from local and national governments, they can come from foreign governments or intergovernmental agencies like the United Nations or even multilateral organizations. All of these public sector actors um, play a really key role in implementing humanitarian change. In the private sector, there might be contractors that could be hired by public or civil society actors. There's private sector actors like businesses that place corporate social responsibility at the center of what they do and so they engage in humanitarian work based on this corporate social responsibility. There are also social enterprises whose entire business model is based on providing positive social impact or there are actors like foundations and trusts who actually fund a lot of humanitarian projects. So they're all private sector actors working in this space. And then, of course, we have the civil society sector, who is probably the one that you're most familiar with in the humanitarian space. So we have different things like community-based organizations, uh, which are really like grassroots level actors um, working in affected communities. Then we have non-governmental organizations or NGOs, and these can be kind of at the state level, national level, or we even have international NGOs. And then, of course, there are things like social movements and activist groups who are also members of civil society that are working to implement change in some way in this space. And finally, we have all of these actors in these sectors. So we have civil society actors, private sector actors and public sector actors. And all of these actors um, kind of work at different levels. So these actors can be at the grassroots or community level. They can be um, at a rural or urban level. They can go up to the state or provincial level, a national level, a regional level or even international and transnational so that is a rundown of the humanitarian sector. So the three key subsectors, the humanitarian subsector, international or community development subsector, and the stabilization subsector. Hopefully you know a little bit more about each of those. And then there are, of course, actors in the public sector, private sector, and civil society sector who work in each of these spaces. And they work at different levels, all the way from the grassroots level up to the international or transnational level. 
If you guys would like some more resources or information about working as a change maker in this area, if you're interested in promoting informal systemic change um, or any other area, you can, of course, head to our website, humanitarianchangemakers.net. And from there, you'll be able to see our theory of change and our framework for social change. And then you can go onto the specific pages for things like conscious living, effective advocacy, campaigning for change or humanitarian action, depending on where you want to skill up and get involved. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Changemaker Q&A. If you have a question about changing the world that you'd like me to answer, just head to humanitarianchangemakers.net forward slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review so that we can get the word out and equip and empower as many young people as we can to change the world. The Humanitarian Changemakers Network is a solutions media and education platform, so feel free to head to our website for plenty more news and resources to help you make change happen.